Thanks for joining me on the TronCast with Tron Jordheim. It is my pleasure to have you here. I have a lot of fun doing these podcasts because I get to talk to a lot of interesting people. You know a lot of interesting people too, I bet. I know I sure do, and sometimes I just have no idea about some of the interesting things they're up to until I pin them down and talk to them. Sometimes it's folks I've been acquainted with for a long time even. And then I get to make some new friends from all around the planet, hearing about interesting projects and businesses and things that people are doing. So I hope you enjoy it as well. Uh, There are a few commercial messages in here because, you know, got to get paid. So enjoy and thanks for joining me on the TronCast and tell your friends to download it and check it out too. Thank you. So today on the TronCast, on this episode, I'm talking about security, cybersecurity, digital security, that kind of good stuff. Because there's a story every day about somebody being hacked, somebody losing their identity, all these kinds of things. And uh, the business of stealing people's uh, identity and hacking into people's uh, accounts for this, that, and the other thing has become a huge business. So I want to explore that a little bit more. So I've got a guest today, Robert Siciliano, who's going to talk to us about the work he's doing to help people be safe in the digital world. So stay tuned. Robert will be right here. Thanks for joining the TronCast. Pleased to have you here. I am speaking today with Robert Siciliano, and uh, he's doing some great things to help all of us uh, in the digital age protect ourselves. And uh, there's always something in the news about data breaches and things like that. Uh, That's got to make your head spin to keep up with it, Robert. Tell, Tell me a little bit about what you're working on now and what some of your priorities are. Sure. So I essentially provide security awareness training uh, to uh, organizations and individuals, you know, corporations, associations, and really anybody who will listen, uh, who wants to make some uh, change uh, in their business practices or their personal lives to make sure that, um, you know, bad things don't happen under their watch. And, you know, uh, if you pay any attention at all to what's going on out there, you'll know that there always has been, there is, and there always will be this criminal element looking for their next victim. And digital crime uh, has crept up into our lives over the past 20 years, and it's wreaking havoc. It's making a mess of things. And uh, if you don't have a certain level of awareness, either as an individual or either as an employee or an employer, it's just a matter of time until your information or your client's information ends up in the hands of criminals. And that's going to cost you or your organization in so many different ways. And in some cases, you know, it can bankrupt an organization. 
Oh, I can imagine. Uh, I imagine most organizations are not doing nearly enough to be cautious. So what are one of the two or three things every, everybody should do as soon as they're done listening to this to double check themselves to see if they're actually paying attention or not? Sure. So as um, an employee, an employer, as an individual, one of the most important things that uh, we have to re- recognize habits we need to change, processes we need to upgrade revolves around password management. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like such a simple thing, but for so many, it's a burden. And it is the path of least resistance that allows criminals to get inside of your networks, to get inside of your email. Right. Inside of all the different, you know, web based services that you subscribe to, Mm -hmm. because the, the, the issue here fundamentally is that there have been billions. And when I say billions, like tens of billions of records compromised in the past decade or more. Uh, that uh, means your usernames, which is often an email address, and the associated password with those usernames to log in to all these various accounts because of these data breaches are in the hands of criminals as we speak. So they literally know what your usernames and what your passwords are. And so they just go to all these you know, breached sites uh, where all this data has been downloaded and exposed, and they literally grab that data and just log in to your accounts. It's as simple as that. And so if you're not changing your passwords, and even worse, if you use the same password across multiple accounts, especially critical accounts, then you are essentially making it extremely easy for the bad guy to get into your email, your banking, to get into your credit card. So password management is a really big deal. And the key right now is to change your volume passwords to uppercase, lowercase numbers, and characters, and to use a password manager. Right. A password manager is a software that you download and install onto your devices, whether it's a mobile, a tablet, a laptop, a desktop, a Mac, a PC, whatever. And once you install a password manager, that allows you to uh, manage multiple passwords across multiple accounts, across multiple devices, so you don't ever have to remember a password ever again. Right, right. So it's so it's stunning to think that billions of records have been compromised, right? So that that in itself is stunning. But then the the other thought is, uh, of course, if they are cross referencing all of these compromised documents, uh, your entire life history on the internet is just uh, as plain as can be, and it's probably not that difficult to connect the dots. If you're uh, even in uh, a halfway incompetent hacker criminal type, correct? Yeah, and it's not even that they even need to connect the dots at this point. They they have access to automated software that they can just input all of this stolen data to. And that automated software will just run through, say, the top 100 most critical websites out there and will simply just log them in automatically. Right. Once they're logged in, say to your right, they log into your email. And you say, well, why would they bother logging into my email? Because your email, the bad guys say, once you own the person's email, you own the person. Right. Own the email, own the person. And once you're logged into a person's email, 
then from there, you can search out within their email, you know, within their email history, all the various accounts that they're connected to. Correct. Bank of so you search Bank of America. You're going to find Bank of America inside their email. You search, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, Visa, Mastercard, American Express. You find all their various accounts, their electronic statements, and so forth. And then from there, the bad guy simply goes to any one of these critical accounts, and if they don't already have the password, they can change the password because when you change a password for an online account. Send you the new password or the, or the password link to that actual email that the bad guys now logged into. Right. So we're, we're making it extremely easy for the bad guy once they breach data to have all of our access credentials. And now from that point on, because we use the same password across multiple accounts, they're in all of our accounts and they begin to pose as us. So if you are some type of a, say, a white collar service professional, like a real estate agent or an attorney, you have all these clients that you deal with, or a financial advisor for that matter. You have all these clients that you deal with via email. Right. So now, the bad guys logged into your email, monitoring and watching all of your transactions between your clients. And so they see that there's a closing coming up in the next couple of weeks. And they simply closing as you inside your email as the service professional. They email your client and tell your client okay, the closing's coming up next week. Meanwhile, I need you to wire $100,000 to this particular account in, in, in anticipation of this closing as the down payment for the home you're buying. And once that money's wired, it's gone. Like, right. Nobody will ever see that money again. And whether it's the real estate agent or the, or the title attorney, you know, their email's compromised, right? So the, the buyer who's now screwed over $100,000 says, well, I'll just sue you. Well, good luck with that, you know, because it's going to cost you probably a hundred grand to sue that lawyer or to sue that real estate agent. And you may not win. Right. So it's a nightmare for everybody involved. Nobody wins. And it's all because we're using the same password across multiple accounts. And on top of it, if, if you don't currently use what's called two-factor or two-step authentication. Yeah. And I'm guessing that you probably use two-factor authentication with a, a variety of different accounts. Yeah. But if you're not using two-factor authentication specifically with your email, then it is likely that there's already a bad guy in your email right now. Mm-hmm. So it's important to not only change up all your passwords, use a password manager, but to enable two-factor authentication for all of your critical accounts, including email. And the way you go about that, the way you enable two-factor authentication is really simple, actually. So whatever the account is, whatever that critical account is that you use, go on to Google, go online, and search the term two-step or two-factor Google. Two-step or two-factor. Yeah, either one. And as soon as you search two-step Google, Immediately on the first page of search, a link is going to show up in the, the first page of search for Google on how to enable and activate two-step authentication. You could do the exact same thing, two-step Hotmail, two-step Gmail, two-step AOL, two-step Yahoo, two-step iCloud, two-step Amazon, eBay, and so forth. Yeah. So this is really simple. But if you're not going to go ahead and do this, then it's just a matter of time to get hacked and frankly, in the end, it's your own fault. Right. So it's a matter of laziness, isn't it? 
you know, when it comes to security here in America, you know, people are just lazy. You know, they, they, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Oh, these things only happen to other people. Oh, why would they want to go after me? That's just a fatalist attitude that enables the hacker. And, you know, and I mentioned billions of records compromised. Right. In the past, in the past three years, in the past three years, 16 billion records in the past three years. That's an insane number. And what makes it so insane is that it's getting worse. It's not getting any better. And the reason why it's getting worse is because the entire public and those in charge at major corporations and government agencies are not doing what they're supposed to do to ensure that the data in which they are entrusted with is properly protected. Because everybody's the same. When I say everybody's the same, whether you are a soccer mom or a NASCAR dad, you know, your job is, I don't know, working at Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks as a barista, or you're the CEO of a major corporation or the head of a major government agency. In the end, we're all soccer moms and NASCAR dads that don't care. Right. You know, we're all just people <laughs> with the fatalist attitude that that's ah, not going to happen to me, not going to happen to my company, not going to happen to my government agency. I got to take the kids to soccer practice. I can't deal with this right now. Right. And then I've got a friend who says, well, my credit scars score isn't any good. They wouldn't want me. And I think, well, uh, that's great thinking. I hear that every single day. <laughs> that is the definition of a fatalist attitude. Well, you know, if they want to breach me, they're going to breach me anyways. You know, like, but would you... Would you have that same conversation with your daughter going after college? You know, honey, if they want to rape you, just let them do it. Because if they want to rape you, they're just going to rape you anyways. Just don't worry about it. Right. Well, wasn't this wasn't this a 20 year conversation on seatbelts in cars? Right. Until we get to we're not even at 100 percent now of people who use seatbelts. But it took a long time to get to 25 percent. Right. You know, I am so glad that you brought that up as an example, because that's one that I provide to my audiences all the time. So, you know, most people don't realize that a seatbelt has been required by federal law to be installed in a car since 1968. Right. Okay. That's 50 years. Uh huh. Seatbelts have been required by law to be installed in cars. But it's taken decades for us as consumers, as citizens, as, you know, people who drive or our passengers in vehicles. It's taken us decades to appreciate the value a seatbelt provides us. Decades. And still, many of us don't wear a seatbelt. Well, and what's the effort involved in a seatbelt, right? What is the effort involved in clicking the damn thing? Yeah, and, and so now right? you have basically 25 or 26 states that require that you wear a seatbelt by law or you'll get pulled over and get a fine. And then you have another 24 or 25 states that don't require you wear it by law or get pulled over. But if you do get pulled over, you'll get a fine. Right. Another violation. Okay. So half and half. And New Hampshire is the only state in the entire country that has no seatbelt requirements whatsoever. And New Hampshire's motto 
on their license plate right. is, is live right. free or die. Right. Okay. So, so oh. that gives you an idea of where we are. Right. right? It's only because of laws in place that many of us wear seatbelts. And the fact that, you know, if you get in a car and you don't put your seatbelt on, the car is going to annoy the hell out of you until you put it on. You know, it's going to beep at you and buzz at you and make it right. right. Weird. So we still don't appreciate the value a seatbelt provides us to the, to the degree that we should, because, you know, I'm not going to happen to me. I'm not worried about that. I don't want to be annoyed by that. And so forth. we whine, we complain, you know, and, and that's a big problem, a big part of why we, why we don't do what we're supposed to do when it comes to safety and security issues, because, you know, we're stupid humans. So, so what do, what do we do to get people's attention? Do we have to have like a day, two-step authentication day? You know, it's the 2nd of February and, you know, it's 2-2. So do your two-step authentication and, you know, I, I don't know. What, 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 kind, what kind of stuff has worked for you where, where people have actually come back to you and said, hey, I actually took the four hours I needed to go and clean up all my password stuff? Yeah, so, you know, this has been a great conversation, by the way. Um, yeah, thank you. The, the, the issue here is that, you know, and I'm going to relate it to seatbelts again, is that it's taken us decades to appreciate the value that a seatbelt provides us. And at this point, basically 87% of the public wears a seatbelt, 87%, which is really good. But it's taken us decades to recognize that it's not cool to not wear the seatbelt. And so we are only 10, 15, 20 years into information security and identity theft protection. Yeah. So we're not even close to where, to the 50 years of the seatbelt thing. And so we are aware. And I, what I teach is security awareness, hoping that people will evolve and change their behavior to security appreciation. And the difference is, like with the seatbelt, we are aware that we should wear it. We are aware that we shouldn't click the link in the body of an email. We're aware that we should lock the doors in our home. We're aware that we should, you know, have a home security system. We're aware we should have identity theft protection services and so forth. But we don't necessarily appreciate the value these services provide us. Therefore, we don't do anything about it. Whereas what I try to do in my programs, in my presentations, in my e-learning courses and in my blogs and newsletters as I try to elevate people from security awareness to security appreciation, which means that they change their behavior to the point where they take it to heart. So being aware is in your head. You understand, you know, but in your heart is you do. You recognize the risk. You, you take it to heart. It's on a cellular level. Like if, right. I, say, if I say I appreciate you, that's emotional. There's an element of love there. Right. You know, there's an element of respect there. And the, so the difference is, you know, you get it and you do something about it. So a security appreciation is what I try to instill in my, you know, uh, meet uh, uh, program attendees, the people who take my e-learning courses and so forth. And once you see the value and, and basically like, you know, I will bully and badger them to the point where they understand and provide them so many examples as to why it is that you need, that it's not cool to not wear the seatbelt, why it's not cool to click the link in the body of the email, why it's not cool any longer to not have a home security system. Because 
and if you you don't have to look far to find there's a home invader that right down the street that like broke into someone's house and he did some really bad things to the family you know and if you say well it can't happen to me well that fatalist pessimist attitude you are just next in line for the bad guy well so maybe it's because we don't see this stuff because if if you look at the evening news in any town you're in there's uh, news about a shooting or a murder or something like that and when you look at the statistics Right. You think, well, that's tragic. It's terrible. But my gosh, it really only happens 20 times a year in my town that something bad like this happens. But how many times a minute is it happening in my town that someone is getting compromised or losing real money uh, because they're not managing their passwords and they're doing silly stuff online, like clicking links on emails from people they don't know. Right. Yeah, we there's, there there are hundreds of hundreds of identities stolen every single hour. You know, it, it just, it's it's one of those issues that it's just it's the easiest crime to commit and the hardest crime to get caught for. And you know, if you're not putting the necessary systems in place, then it's just a matter of time until they get to you. You know, eighty percent of all humans will experience some type of a theft at one point in their lives. You know, identity theft happens, you know, seconds opposed to hours. Uh, you know, houses are, are broken into 2 million every single year. You know, like crime, it always has been, there is, and there always will be this criminal element looking for the next victim. And so, and, and, and what I speak to is not about fear and uncertainty and doubt. It's about being proactive, about putting systems in place, about recognizing risk, about knowing that, you know what? These things can and do happen. You know, the chances of it happening to me are relatively slim. I mean, yeah, there's a good chance, but like, you know, how likely is it that my identity is going to be stolen to the point where it's going to ruin my life or bankrupt me? Well, probably really slim, but that does not mean that I should just sit in my hands and, and not do anything about it. I should like, you know, be proactive, like be smart about it. Like, like you should eat well and you should exercise and you should you know, have various insurances to ca take care of your family in case you die. And, you know, like you do these certain things because it's smart, not because you're paranoid. Right. You know, it's because you're taking proactive action because it's smart. This isn't about being mentally ill and paranoid. It's about being proactive and smart. And so what's the effort involved in having a password manager, right? I mean, what's, what's the effort that you're investing in that a few minutes here and there thinking about it a little bit here and there. Um, right. So, so the, the, and, and I run into these kinds of things all the time and I do a lot of sales training and things like that for people and to, to get a salesperson to change how they ask a question in order to increase their conversion rates is sometimes like pulling teeth and, you know, this is the same kind of thing where you're saying, okay, so instead of just tapping the same six characters in every time you create some kind of an account, use your password manager. Yeah, How we, difficult the behavior change is that? Yeah, and we, and what, right. do we, what do we do to promote that, you know? Yeah, we are in the business of changing behavior, right? For the better, for the better. And so it, our goal and role, our job is to provide a level of perspective that that allows for various aha moments and when our people you know our attendees our audiences have those aha moments yeah that's when the 
the, the, the bell goes off, the light bulb shows up. Right, so right. That, that's when they go, oh, 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 well, that, well, that makes sense. Okay, all right, fine. And then, and then they do something about it. And, and, and you know, and, 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 and in this life, in my business, right, in, in, this, in the topic that I speak to, you know, it's, it's when something really bad happens that they sometimes have that aha moment, you know, right. tragedy changes people's behavior. You know, that uh, most home security systems are, are installed after the house is broken into. Right. You know? And in, in your line of work, it's like they lose a really big sale. Oh, that's what that guy was talking about. Right. So, right. So we, my, I'm hoping that people don't have to end up a statistic that they just, you know, hear me out. Let me get through the next hour or two. Hear all my examples. Let me provide you the necessary perspective from what I've observed. And then hopefully by the time we're done, you've asked enough questions and I've provided enough answers and, and enough examples that, that you see things a little bit differently. And now you start to function in a way that you have better, more secure habits. And now, you know, you're more secure than 90% of the people out there. And there always has been, is, and always will be this bad guy looking for the next victim, but they're not going to choose you because you're a tougher target. Right, right. So, so, so where do we send people to find out more about some of these examples and see some of the things you're talking about? Uh, do you want them to go to safer.me? Is that the spot? Sure. So that's uh, safr.me, right? So a, a, a more secure and safer, safr.me. And uh, yeah, so from there, you know, you can sign up for my newsletter. I send out a bi-weekly, you know, that's twice a month uh, newsletter. And uh, that usually includes, you know, a half a dozen different uh, blogs or articles that I've created, media appearances that I've been on. And um, and then from there, you know, when you're on my website, uh, I have 10 hours of e-learning courses. Basically, nice. I, you know, mind dumped everything that I know about this stuff. And and yeah. really, and, 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 and something I'm really proud of. It's like a really good two camera shoot, th- actually three camera shoot. It's my, my laptop. It's me on a couple different cameras and all kinds of great examples. Everything from. Uh, avoiding evil cyber scams to understanding, you know, information security and security awareness in regards to identity theft protection and prevention and social media security and online reputation management. And, and I do a whole, you know, a couple of hours on personal security as it relates to violence and prevention, you know, for both you and your family and your kids and, you know, stuff that mom and dad didn't teach you growing up that you need to know to navigate you know, this, this sometimes troubled world that we live in. Yeah. Well, that is a, that is a lot of excellent resource material that's available just with a few clicks. So safer.me, that's the spot to go and get started looking at what Robert Siciliano has to offer on security. Uh, It's been great getting to, to visit with you and talk more about this and you know, I'm like everybody else out there. I've got some lazy passwords too. I'm going to go fix those as soon as we're done talking. Change you know? in behavior. I love yes, it. Yes, sir. We got, we got to change some behavior because, uh, you know, we live in the digital world and we need to be uh, responsible digital people for at least for our own protection, for sure. Yeah, responsible, responsible digital citizens revolves around the fundamentals of digital literacy. And digital literacy is, you know, 
not just understanding how your devices work and updating and upgrading your software. It's, you know, knowing what you should and should not say online that can get you into trouble or can be hurtful or damaging to others or bullying and so forth. And of course, you know, knowing what you do online, how that puts you or your business at risk and knowing how to react and respond to an email and a phone call and, you know, just knowing what, you know, to look out for in regards to the, in how to navigate the, the digital world. And, and once you create that relative balance, it's like riding a bike. You'll know how to do it forever. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's been a wonderful discussion. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to visit with me on the Troncast. It's been a blast. And uh, so go to safer.me and uh, be a safer you. Thanks, Robert. I sure appreciate your time today. Thank you, sir. Have a good All right. Day. Cheers. What do you do for sales training and team building exercises? What do you do for customer service training and team building exercises? I know you're trying all kinds of things and there's some good stuff out there. But I swear, if anyone ever asked me to do another trust fall, my brain's gonna explode. So let's come up with something different. I've been trying to find something different for a while. And I thought, well, why not? Let's come up with a sales training game or a customer service training game, something fun that everyone can get into and that they can laugh about and challenge each other and poke each other a little bit and feel some of the emotional ups and downs that you get when you're in customer service and sales. So I went to a game jam uh, headed up by the local regional economic development group here in Columbia and Boone County, Missouri. And I met a group of game developers and we had so much fun that we ended up creating a game called Starship Junkyard, which is a great and hilarious way to do team building for your businesses, for your sales teams, for your customer service teams. And it's turned out to be just a great family and friends game too. Something you can sit down and play for half an hour or an hour or a great pub game. It's hilarious. It's called Starship Junkyard, and you can find it on Facebook at uh, the Starship Junkyard, the card game. You can buy it on thegamecrafter.com. Go to thegamecrafter.com and look up Starship Junkyard and buy a copy and play it. It's hilarious. So try that for your next team building exercise. Try that for your next sales training meeting. Sit down and play Starship Junkyard and you will be happy you did. Go check it out on Facebook, Twitter. Go buy the game at thegamecrafter.com. The Starship Junkyard, the card game. Thank you.